Well, today we're doing part four. Can you put on your thinking caps? Do you have it? Open your purse, ladies. Pull out your thinking cap. Uh, men automatically have a thinking cap on all the time. Except certain men. So maybe if you don't have that, <laughs> open your briefcase. Pull out your thinking cap. Uh, I, I, this is my, can I be honest with you? This kind of thing today is my casting vision is my least favorite thing to do. I much prefer just to preach and just to flow and just to do it like that because it's a different kind of anointing. But the Bible says you have to make the vision plain or people that can't read it or run with it or understand it. So there are times where you have to cast vision. It might seem a little bit more like a presentation more than a sermon, but I'm trying to make it as sermony as I possibly can. But he said, do the vision. And I've, I've done a few parts of it. This is the last and final part today. And then I'm not talking really about it much more other to mention it in passing and reference for the rest of the year. But there is a time and a place to cast vision. It's not my, always my favorite, but I said, Lord, you know, you better anoint me because it's not like a normal sermon. I need your help so the people don't glaze over. So can you put, take out your concentration hats, put them over your thinking caps? Everybody get your five-hour energy out. Drink that right now. Get your Red Bull cocktail, okay? Because it's not going to be boring, but I do need you to really concentrate for you to catch what we're saying. The first vision thing we did was on January 2nd. And if you remember, I handed out the, the uh, vision board. And we talked about that. And by the way, if you didn't get one, they're at the info center. My, mine ripped at home with the rambunctious children. So I've got a new one I'm taking home. And if you need a new one or you didn't get one, please, they're at the, they're at the, they're at the info center. The second one, which was January 23rd, I showed the hangar video, which was a little bit longer. And I basically just spent the whole message talking about how we need to think right about money. But Pastor Nancy and the necklace and the, our weekly offerings and God said, I want to bless you like I'm blessing her. Remember, the, 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 the truck is going and we're connected and I'm taking her to a new place. I'll take you with her, but you got to think right. The people have to think right. And you can't worry because worry will cut it. So I just spent that whole message talking about the hangar video and introducing the special annual projects and about thinking right. Okay, the third one, which was January 30th, is our was our ordination Sunday. We, ord we ordained the Springs and the Henrys. And I basically cast vision about the Philippines that day a lot and talked about the tsunami and the inland impact that comes through prayer. And that was the third part of the vision. And then today is the last and, f and final part. I'm going to wrap it up. I want to show you two more short videos. And I want to talk to you about the four financial sections of our church so that you can understand it simply and clearly. Um, but before I do those videos, I really want to read some scriptures to you because I think the word needs to be first. And it's better that the word goes first because that's what produces faith, not a bunch of talking. So if you turn with me, please, I just want you to see a few verses that the Lord put on my heart. First, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2. Can you, can you look it up quickly? It's amazing. I don't hear any pages turning because nobody has any Bibles anymore. Uh, we only have them on our screens. Uh, that's a sad thing in, in one way and a great thing in another way. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables or, or what we would say paper that they may run, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and shall not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. In other words, the vision doesn't always happen exactly the day you say it. There's sometimes a bit of time that you have to wait, but don't worry. It's not a lie. It's the truth. And it will, it might seem like it's taking long, but it's going to happen. 
And so just keep believing and let, make it simple. Put it on paper. Put it on a, what we, this would be considered our paper. We're putting it on the screen. Of course, we've printed things for you physically. But make it so that people can simply read it and then they can run with it. He doesn't just want you to know it. He wants you to run with it. So I think it's good that we remind ourselves of those scriptures. Now have a look at Isaiah 43, 19. This is a scripture God gave me when I was on the fast. And he gave me the whole chapter of Isaiah chapter 43. And he spoke to me in different parts of the chapter about different parts of my life and different parts of the next phase of ministry. And that's not the point to talk, go through all of it. But I want you to please look at verse 19 because this is an important section here. Praise God. And he said, behold... I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now that may not sound like much to you, but when he pulls it apart for you, it becomes precious. And he said, now this new thing that I'm doing is this new mantle, this new anointing. Okay, what is this new mantle anointing? It's for the glory center. It's for the international works. It's for the next phase of promise of life's ministry. It's for the next phase of your apostolic church ministry and my ministry. That's the new thing. That's the, he said, when I say new thing, I'm talking about the new anointing. And then he said, now watch, shall, now it shall spring forth. See on the fast, it was springing forth. And then he says, shall ye not know it? And when, when the Lord said that to me, he said, the people have to know it. The people have to know what the new anointing is trying to accomplish. Amen. If they don't know it, now you take Habakkuk 2, they can't run with it. If it's not simple, they'll get confused and they'll just throw it away because their lives are busy as it is. So he said, shall they not know it? And he said to me in the past, he said, not only is a new anointing going to spring forth and it's going to accomplish the next era and the next phase of your ministry, but the people have to know it. Can't just be you, Craig, because you can't do this on your own. Like we said, we're trees, we work together. Okay, and uh, now watch it. It says, and I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And the Lord said to me on the fast, way in the wilderness speaks of order out of chaos. If you look at the picture of a wilderness, it's a path. The word way means a path. When you've got trees everywhere in a forest and there's a path, what does that speak of? Civilization has come to this wild place. Somebody took the time to make a way. There's an order. There's, there's a divine order as a path out of just nothingness. Okay? And the second thing he said, I will make rivers. Did you see that? Rivers in the desert. And if you have a desert and you're in a desert, what do you need? And if you're dying of thirst and you see a river, what is that? It means there is a supply of life that has come to you. In the midst of dryness and nothingness, there is life. There is a supply to save lives. And the Lord, now that, that could apply to many things, but the way the Lord said it to me, it's not the only definition, but the way the Lord said it to me is there is going to be a divine order, this anointing that's going to do these things that the people have to know about. This mantle, this new phase, this new era, this thing for the, what you're doing domestically and internationally, I'm going to bring order out of chaos. I'm going to show you the way to do it. That's what a way in the wilderness means. There's, there's, a, there's so much. How do you handle all of this? I'm going to show you a path. I'm going to give you instructions and make it easy. And you're going to have an order amongst all of this stuff. There's going to be a way to do it. And I'm going to show you how to do it. That's what way in the wilderness means. And then he said, 
That's, and then he said, there's going to be a supply like a river in a, in a desert that's going to yes. come. There's going to be a supply of finances, a supply of prayer, a supply of people to bring their, their, their giftings. Not just money. There's other things too, but money is probably the most important in, in this regard. He said, there's a, there's a river in the desert. I'm not just going to show you how to do it, son. I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay the bill for it. I'm going to show you how, and I'm going to touch people's hearts to be that river in the desert for you. Because the new thing is springing forth. This new season that's upon us, is, is, it's now, it's here. I mean, this happened in 2020. We're, all, we're two, one and a half years into this. It's coming, Jenny. Remember, 2020 was positioning to get the mantle. 21 was information, a lot of revelation, and a lot of obstacles. And, uh, but that was all the plain of Jordan. Now we're at the first step in our journey. We're at Jericho. That's 2022. And in this first step, things are starting to manifest. That's why we're doing this trip. That's why things are starting to take shape because this year it starts to manifest. The people need to know it because it's springing forth so that they understand how we're doing it. That's the way. And they understand the supply. That's the river. And all of you have part of that river. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Then he said, read this to them, Mark 10, 29. Some of you may not like it, but it is in the Bible. We don't just read verses that you like. Mark 10, 29. Mark 10, 29. He said, read this to them. And Jesus answered and said, this is in red. Verily, I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife, which means the covenant's more important than your marriage. The plan of God's more important than your marriage. Dr. Dufresne had to, get, had to leave his wife because it was stopping the plan of God. Many ministers I know had to leave because the wife or the husband was trying to stop the plan of God. I'm telling you, this is serious business. This is, this is Jesus' doctrine here. There is no man that has left house, brothers, sisters, father, mother, wife, or children, or lands. That's all the financial realm. For my sake and the gospel, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution. Not everyone's going to like you being blessed. And in the world to come eternal life. In other words, there, and the Lord said to me, he said to me on the fast, he said, you notice how the book of Acts, people came. That's when Ananias and Sapphira got smoked because they lied about it. But did you notice they came with, with the, they sold lands, they sold items, and they came to bring it for the plan of God. And the Lord said, see, people that give up certain things, financial things, for the plan of God, there's a blessing of a hundredfold if they'll stand in the ground. With persecution, but there's a blessing. And the Lord said to me, in order for there to be rivers in the wilderness, I'm going to touch people's hearts in your congregation, not just for the moment, but in the glory center years and on, that there's some of them, they, they, they have money that you don't even know that they have, and I'm going to touch their hearts. I want you to sell that. I want you, and why? Because you're giving things up for the gospel. This is not for me to get rich. This is for the gospel so that we can go and help and bring Jesus to people. People that need it, which includes the Glory Center because we're bringing the gospel to Toronto and we need a building to accommodate it and this building can't handle it. This building can barely handle it now, let alone then. So nobody likes that scripture. What did you have to give up? But the good thing is that he said, I'm going to bless you if you give it up. Amen. But you got to have the Holy Ghost tell you those things, not a person. What about Deuteronomy 8 verse 18? Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. We're almost done the scriptures. I want to get to, 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 the, to the meat of this here. But Deuteronomy 8, 18, I think it's so important we read it. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. There's an anointing to get money. And God's for, for it, no matter what the religious preachers out there tell you. 
There's an anointing to get money. That he, may, that he may not just make you rich, but that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers this day. There's an anointing to prosper, but notice it didn't say anything about you. Although he don't mind you blessed. There's an anointing to prosper to establish the covenant. There's an anointing to prosper to send missionaries. There's an anointing to prosper to feed the poor, not for the sake of feeding the poor, but to get them saved. There's an anointing to prosper so that we can go and do what we need to do and have revival and have the move of God. There's an anointing to prosper for it. So you need to meditate on this because God wants to anoint you to prosper to establish his covenant. Renew your mind to it. Don't be too, too greedy because then he can't use you. Now, what about Exodus chapter 25 and verse 2? Can you look there? Just two more real quick. Exodus chapter 25 and verse 2. Speak unto the children of Israel, this is Moses, that they be willing to bring me an offering of every man that giveth willingly with his heart shall you take the offering. Willingly. They don't want to give it. God says, I don't want it. And in fact, Moses, you're not even permitted to take it. Because it's a, it's a stench to God for people to give money that they don't want to give. So whatever we ask you to do, you better want to do it or don't do it at all. God don't like people that give under necessity and under obligation and all that kind of nonsense. He don't like it. Now that's in 25 and verse, and verse 2. But have a look at now 35, 10 chapters later, 35. Drop down to chapter 35 of Exodus and go with me to verse 21. Chapter 35, 21. And they came. Everyone whose hearts stirred him up. And everyone whom his spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering, not Moses' offering, yeah. to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation and for all his service and for the holy garments. And they came both men and women, as many as were willing hearted, and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets, all jewels of gold. And every man that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. Notice how many times it says willing. Yeah. God don't want it if you're not willing, yeah. but this is God we're talking about. Yes, I know the money's been used for our vision, but our vision came from God. So this is God, and, you're, and God is watching, and God wants to bless, and God wants to help, but he can't do that with stingy people. Small-minded people stay small. Big-minded people grow. Notice how many times it says willing. He doesn't want it if you don't want to give it, and neither do I. That's why there's never pressure. There's never pressure because it has to be willing. And, one, and that final one is, is chapter 36. Go over one chapter, chapter 36 and verse 3. And Moses called, sorry, and they received of Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary to make it withal. And they brought yet unto him free will offerings every morning. Free will. And all the wise men that wrought all the work of the sanctuary came every man from his work which they made. And they spake unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave a commandment. And they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the whole camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing. They were armed guards saying, No more giving. Enough with that nonsense. Take your gold home with you. These were rebellious, stubborn, and stiff-necked Jews that God almost killed a whole bunch of times. Right? It was for Moses, I'm telling you. And you know what the Lord said to me in the fast? If I can get stiff-necked Jews to be restrained from giving, how much more can I, a congregation full of my spirit, who are not stiff-necked, 
I said, well, Lord, it sounds so great the way you say it to me, but you don't see the offerings that I see. <laughs> you don't always see the numbers. Don't look like anybody's being restrained in my church. <laughs> so uh, he said, that's why you have to get out of the way. That's why you pour it out and let me do it. Because if you did it, if you get the credit for this, then I'm not glorified. Pressure gives the man credit. Just presenting the vision and letting God touch hearts gives him credit. But I'm just telling you, you know, these stiff-necked people had to be restrained. In the last verse, 2 Corinthians 9:10, probably one of the best verses in the New Testament when it comes to finances. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10. Now he that ministers seed to the sower means he's going to give you the seed. Both minister bread for your food, that's daily living, and multiply the seed sown and increase the fruits of your Other translation says, he will increase your financial ability to be able to give. So yes, you're tithing and giving, but you can actually say, Father, I need seed. I'm not going to spend it on me. I'm going to spend it on your work, but I need you to give me seed. So I'm going to give a little bit that I have now, but now give me more money, and I'm going to give that as seed. That's why you can always do what the Holy Ghost tells you to do, even if you can't afford it, because he'll give you the money that he's told you to sow if you'll just open. Amen. I don't like to say names, but I remember Arjun specifically because we did watch the video of his and we made it public. And now he said, I don't have the money, but I've got to sow seed. Are you? And people just start. He said, Pastor, I've never experienced that in my life. People calling me and asking me, you know, would you like to defend this deal? Okay, well, it's already done. Just sign. He said, but that doesn't work. That doesn't happen like that in my industry where they've done all the work for me. Just sign and we'll give you the commission. Okay. And they write him a check. Did nothing. And he put that money into the offering because he asked God, give me seed. And God gave him literal seed for him to sow. So just because you can't afford it doesn't mean the amount God puts in your heart is impossible. Believe him for seed. Being enriched, praise God, with everything to all bountifulness, which causes, us through to, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. Remember, because of your giving, people are saved, and then they thank God because of you. Amen. Well, I think that's, that's, that's a few scriptures there just to remind you that, uh, and, and, we, and also, uh, where was the other one here? I wanted to read you another one here. Yeah. Verse 9, verse 7, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Let's look at 6. But this I say, he that sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. And he which sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man according as he has purposed in his heart, not as the pastor purposed for him. So let him give, not grudgingly. Remember he said he likes a willing heart in, in, in Exodus. Or of necessity. Oh, if you don't do it, we're going to go under. For God loves a cheerful, the Amplified says, prompt to do and willing-hearted giver. That's what we saw in Exodus 35 and 25. God loves it when people want to do it. He doesn't want to make it. But I still have to now, see, Deanna, I have to now find the balance. How do I not pressure people and yet cast the vision? Because he said, if you don't tell the vision, they won't know it. So they've got to know it, but not pressure them. Sometimes that can be a fine balance. So my heart is to never pressure. It's just to present the vision. Let God talk to you. Because I tell you, it'll all come to pass. It'll all come to pass. Amen. So now, I want you to put that prophecy up. I want to read you something. I read it to you before, 
but I need to read it to you again. I read it to you on the first Sunday of the year, but the Lord said, read it again. They need to hear it. Most of them didn't even remember it. So I want maybe you take a screenshot if you can. We'll print this and have it ready for next Sunday if you want to take it home. That's what the Lord said to me on the first day of this year when I was praying about all this stuff and how I'm going to tell the congregation because we started it the next day, which was the 2nd of January, was a Sunday, and that's when we did the first part of our vision. And that's what I heard him say very clearly on the first morning as soon as I woke up of the new year. I told you during the fast, and I'm telling you again now, there's a new grace that has come upon you to do the work of an apostle. And there is also a new grace that has come upon your congregation to be an apostolic church and to bring a supply for the apostolic vision. That means money. That means prayer. That means effort. That grace is that anointing, that mantle. It came upon you, but it has also come upon your church. For the prophet said it was an apostolic church. Therefore, tell your congregation that I'm going to bless them. Tell them I'm going to prosper them. Tell them I'm, and I heard this just like I'm talking to you, Greg. It was that clear. Tell them I'm going to cause things to happen for them that is supernatural. I will do it for those that will commit to running with this vision and supplying this apostolic work. Tell them that to some I'll give inventions. To some businesses. To some standalone financial blessings. I guess that just means inheritances or stuff that people just give you. Uh, to some, I'll touch their hearts to sell assets like lands and houses and the like, as I did in the early church in Acts 4. But to all, I will stir them. I will stir them in their hearts like I did the children of Israel when Moses collected the offering. I showed you that on the fast and I will do it. You pour the vision out and then get out of my way and I will deal with the people for they are my people. You call them your congregation and I have assigned them to you, but they are my people. And they will hearken unto my voice and I will come unto them and I will overshadow them and I will speak to them and I will stir them and they will obey me. And this year, 22, and next year and the years to come in both the glory center and the international works, he means domestic and international by that phrase, will be the easiest thing you've ever done. It'll be light and easy. It will be light and easy and full of joy and peace, says the Lord of hosts. And he said host there because he wanted to remind me that angels have a big part to play in this. So I want to remind you of that statement. And now, remember, he said there, he referred there, pour the vision out. Pour the vision out. And so I poured it out on a video before for the hangar, but I need you to see this. They're very short, but just watch. Promise of Life, Pastor Craig and Jenny here on our beautiful Oasis property. And uh, we have driven five hours for a five-minute video. And you say, why on earth would you do that? I asked myself the same question. And believe me, Pastor Jenny asked me that. (laughs) on multiple occasions while we were driving. Well, it's not uh, a hardship to come up here. Yes, but. but it's a long way for a short video. And the reason I did this is, as you remember, I did the video on the hangar, and I, I poured out the vision regarding the hangar, and uh, that's 179,000 we're believing God for this year to tie that loose end up. Remember, he said 22 is a year to tie loose ends up. And he said, next year, 23 and onward is going to be for the Glory Center. And he said three things that we need to tie up, which is $438,000 in total, which yes. we have all the money that we need in the congregation for that. One is the 179 for the for the hangar. One is 50000 for the parking lot. And the other is 209000 for this property. One mortgage was paid last year. The, the third mortgage needs to be paid this year. And then the main mortgage is just going to, we got a 25-year mortgage on that, and our regular budget can handle that. That's not a problem. But we're believing God for this. And when I was in the hangar, honey, and I was pouring that water out, the Lord dealt with me and he said, I want you to go up to Oasis 
and I want you to pour it out as a, as a, as a, as a point of contact for your yes, faith amen. and for the people to see you and do it in the parking lot as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's a long way to come in the snow and the, and the rain to do a five minute video, but I'm here on purpose because the Lord prompted me and said, I want you to make the effort, go put your feet on the soil mm -hmm. as right, an amen. act of faith and as a point of contact. Yes. And I want you to let the people remember that I poured this into you and I'm asking you to pour it out to them. So congregation, uh, God poured the vision in my heart and in Pastor Jenny's heart for this property. And it's like he poured it into me and said, I want you to, I want you to purchase this property, not for sinners, but for saints, for a, for a pavilion of prayer, peace, and play. A Amen. place to pray, a place to be peaceful and get in, away from the hustle and bustle of the city and into beautiful nature, yes. be peaceful, relaxed, uh, get away from rush of work and smog and also a place of play, a place to have fun. Yes. That's why we have a boat. That's why That's we, right. we have things, like lots of activities and in this area, there's lots of things to do. And so this is a pavilion of prayer and of peace and of play, and we need to pay this 209,000. It was 220, yeah. but we got 11,000 more last year than we expected. That's we right. got 231 last year instead of 220. So now that knocks 9,000 off this year. So we've got 209 left. We're believing yeah. God. We're asking you to pray and say, God, what would I do? What would you have me do to help in these special annual projects? Yeah. Within the 438,000, if every family in our church currently gave $2,200, that would be, that's per family, not per person. Over over the course of this year, all that 438 would be taken care of. And most families, I think, can be can handle that. But there's some that can do a heck of a lot sure. more. And there's some, Jenny, that that may be too much for them. It right. might be beyond what they can handle. So we're just trusting God that he'll speak to hearts. We're not saying it has to be 22, just whatever God speaks to your heart. If everybody follows the leading of the spirit, all the money and more will come in. And so God poured this vision for this property, a place for us to come and be away and rest and pray and have a place of fun. And I'm just, as a, as a point of contact, I know this is simple, but as an act of faith, he said to me in the fast, I pour the vision into you. Now you pour the vision into the people. That's all your job is. Because sometimes I can get a bit, you know, concerned about things. And then I saw his hand come and he pushed that aside. He, he sorry, not that. He pushed this part, me, yeah. it represented me. He pushed me aside and he said, now get out of my way. You talk too much. Let me touch the people's hearts. You pour it into them and then let me deal with the people. So that's what I've done right now. It's what God has said to me and what I've communicated to you. Amen. And I'm asking you to do your part. And that's really all I wanted to share with you today. You know, uh, we have this wonderful couple uh, who's here with me and they're gonna come in the shot now, uh, Mr. Gary, uh, Reverend Gary and Kathy Spring. And as you know, they are, have moved here just about what, nine minutes away, Kathy, give or take, mm -hmm. to Minden, just down the street. And, uh, and they, they have relocated and how's it going? <laughs> it's great, it's great, it's, it's beautiful. It's peaceful. Mm -hmm. and, and, and are you used to so much quiet and... Not hardly. <laughs> it's an adjustment. For city people, it's a bit of an adjustment, isn't it? <laughs> but, it's but, great. but God asked them to come and they're here. And, and when we plant this church soon, they're going to be pastoring this church. And whether it's in their home or on the property, we're still waiting for the specific timings and details. But, uh, but they're here not just to plant the church, but also just to be a presence here. Yeah. You know, they, they pop by every few days just to check on the property. And in the Blessing. future, of course, the reeds are coming at the end of June and they'll be here for three months in the summer. And so they're going to be kind of 
kind of running the property, but, there, but it's so nice for me to know that there's another couple that is just a short drive away and that we just have a presence here from Promise of Life Church because uh, the Reeds won't be here all year long. And so uh, it's wonderful the springs are here. And we just want to thank you guys for your faithfulness. You know, they do stuff that nobody sees. They pick things up. They clean the property. They, they tell us when, for example, one of the pipes burst and there was a bit of a leak and they told us about that. So we knew to come up and fix it. We appreciate you guys and we love you. And, and would you just agree, just release your faith with me as we pray. Father, the four of us here and Peter and Jessica, the six of us release our faith right now. Lord, you know that you told us to do this property. We've done one of the mortgages. The other one can be a long term. That's fine. But Father, the second one, the 209, we have to have this there. They need the money by June 30th or we're going to default on that mortgage. And Father, you know we don't have it, but I know that you have it. And I know that when we claim it, we don't have to worry about it or be concerned. Our job is like Dad Hagen, just claim it. So Father, we claim that 209 for the Oasis third mortgage to be paid by June 30th. Touch the heart, speak to the people. Devil, take your hands off it in Jesus' name. Angels, go cause the money to come. And Father, we just release our faith and our praise now. We thank you that it will all come to pass and that we will have this paid off even before June 30th. The remainder, Lord, you know we can wait till November, but for this 209, it has to be by June 30th. So we thank you that you're touching hearts, whether they use tax refunds, whether they do it out of their general budgets, whether they do extra shifts. Father, everybody can do their part in their own way in whatever amount you put on their heart. Let them purpose in their hearts what to give. You know, we have to purpose and make a willful decision and let them do it with joy and let them do it, Lord Father, not of necessity or grudgingly, but a cheerful giver. You love a cheerful giver. So we call this sec this third mortgage. We call it paid and we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. It was worth the drive to Oasis to release our faith and to tell the people the vision. We've poured it out. Now you deal with their hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for agreeing with me, congregation. Thank you, Springs. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Vera Sammies. We love you. It is actually uh, very mild and pretty up here. And uh, we're just waiting for the bears to come. We've got some raw meat out there for them. And... (laughs) Or attracting them, are we? Okay. <laughs> we love you. Have a, and God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your service. Okay. Put the next one up, please. Promise of Life, Pastor Craig out here in minus 25 degree weather. Uh, God bless you all. I am here in our parking lot because, uh, as you recall, we've done one of these for the hangar and we spent five hours in the car yesterday for a five minute video in Oasis. And you say, well, that's not a good spending, a good use of time or money. Well, it is when the Lord said, I want you to do it as an act of faith and as a point of contact. So I'm here in the parking lot. You can see how disgusting this place is. And uh, we desperately need to get it replaced. Of course, we don't pay for all of it. In fact, we don't even pay for most of it because there's a, 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 a formula that's used based on how old the building is and how many years we've occupied the building. They do that math calculation. The owner does uh, the majority and we do part. That's going to be around 50,000, might be a little bit more, but we're going to say 50,000 for now. And, uh, and this is part of our special annual project vision. So God has, you know, poured that into me. And remember what he said to me on that fast. When I give you vision, when I ask you to, to raise money for things, I've poured it into you and I want you to pour the vision into the people. And so that's very simple. Then he said, now get out of my way. You talk too much. Let me touch their hearts. Let me touch. One person can pay for the whole parking lot if God touched their hearts. It might take all of you putting a little bit. It might take a few of you. But he said, get out of the way, Craig. Stop worrying. Stop pressuring. Stop talking. 
just tell the people what I'm putting in your heart as vision. So don't forget, congregation, we've got three things this year. The hangar, the parking lot, and the third Oasis mortgage. It comes to 438000 We need 209 of it by June 30th for Oasis. The remaining we can have by November the 6th. Ask God what your part, everybody has a part. Nobody should take a free ride. I'm sowing sacrificially from my personal family, from my personal spending money, as well as my family account. We're, my wife and I are going to do our part. and We're going to not ask you to do something we're not doing ourselves. We need, this, this is the vision for this parking lot. We need a nice clean parking lot here. So when nobody falls, it's a liability issue. And so help us with this. Thank you for your support and thank you for your generosity. I'm freezing, I'm going inside. God bless you. It was really cold. The water was freezing onto the glass. You know, anyway, praise God. The lengths will go. If you'll just put up that uh, vision board again, just so people, in case people maybe at home or here haven't seen it. And I, I just wanted to make this uh, very simple. I realized I'd made a mistake. You, it's so, you can't even read the words, but you don't really need to read the words in the fine print because we're just trying to show you the basic sections. I made a mistake. This glory center thing down here, I'm so focused on that. It hasn't even started yet. <laughs> but it's like when I was doing this vision board, that's, I'm just so focused on that. And I realized I actually, this is a 22 vision and, and really that starts in 23, but it's like I'm praying for it so much and I'm calling for it so much. I really should have added a little branch over here on the right to tell you what the vision is you know, for the special annual projects for this year because the Glory Center is going to be the special annual projects for the indefinite future until it's done. So really starting next year, the only special on your projects is the Glory Center. But for this year, we have, we, have, uh, we have four sections. I want to make this very simple. When you think about money, there are four sections. Number one is this category here. What is that? Tithes and offerings every week. We need 40,000. That's not hard. Number two are special annual projects. In the future, it will only be the Glory Center. But for this year, it's kind of like a hodgepodge of a tying up of loose ends. One item, of course, that we're doing is the Oasis Mortgage, which you can see. That's our Oasis category. Another one is the hangar, which falls under FMI Go, because that's our international travel department. And then the third one is the parking lot, which doesn't really fall under any category. It's just a special annual project. I should have listed them all out here to you on the right, but I was so focused on the Glory Center, I didn't really do this the way I probably should have. But I think you all understand what I'm trying to say, and I think you can follow along with me. Amen? So we've got the, the weekly budget. We've got special annual projects, which you know what those are. And then we've got partnership. Partnership is not a, a, a subject that is very known in the local church. Brother Copeland has partners. Brother Jesse DePlantis has partners. These traveling ministers have partners. Very, very, not many people think a local church would need a partner. Well, have we ever had partnership in 13 years? No. Why? Because we've only been a local church. That's right. The only reason we have partners is because I'm traveling. I have to go and preach the gospel into these countries. And in order to do that, the church budget, which pays for my travel, can sustain the travel and the aviation and everything that we're doing with the flag works. So partnership, which as I've already talked to you about, we're launching the logo today. Partnership, $30 a month or more, was a great help to us, and it helps cover those expenses of travel. That's a third category of finances. And then the fourth category is this, this group of ragamuffins right here. You see how ugly they all are? Uh, I did a special thing for my wife for our 20th uh, wedding anniversary. I took her to a fancy uh, place with my children, and uh, we all dressed up in tuxedos and everything, and so we used the picture from that 20th anniversary in October of last year to put this. But really, if there is a fourth, there really is three from one perspective. But then the Lord said, no, there is a fourth. If you're talking about the bigger picture, there's a fourth. And that is them taking care of you. 
and other ministers like Pastor Lekedek who come. So the fourth category is really the four offerings. That's obviously free. Nobody has to do it if they don't want to. But the four offerings a year that we take for our birthdays, Christmas, and Pastor Appreciation Day, and the pastors that come in to minister or the traveling ministers that come in to minister. So those are that. This is our vision. You know, we've got we've got FMI Go, which is international. We've got Oasis. We've got the prayer assignment. We've got the Glory Center, which is special annual projects. At least next year, we've got our weekly tithes and offerings. We've got our over our overseers, our spiritual covering. We've got our staff, and we've got our specific international works, which is submitted to FMI Go. This is basic, just a, a simple little snapshot of what we're doing at Promise of Life Church that you can put on your fridge and pray for. Now, put that next screen up to give the people just a simple, just a simple thing. If you think about money at Promise of Life, this is the money. It's just offerings. Just bring your offerings. Done. It's pray, what does God want me to do for special annual projects? You know what they are. You've just watched three videos of it. If 2200 per family, it's all covered. Some can do more, some can do less. It's partnership, which we only have 57 out of 430 people. So, uh, sorry, 54 out of 400 and something people. So there's still a lot more people in our church that can become a partner. Eventually, Rev Reverend Greg, partnership is going to be outside the church. When I travel to these countries, we're going to encourage people to become partners. But right now it's in the infant stage. And so we're asked, we're mainly focusing within our church, but it won't stay within our church forever. But we've got partnership, and that's if you want. 57 more represents that 20,000, uh, and it's a total of 40,000 a year that comes in from partnership. And I desperately need that for the aviation and for the travel, because our, our regular budget of the 40 a week just cannot sustain everything we're doing in the go, in the go arena. And then, of course, the last category is just personal stuff for pastors and guest ministers. So this, these are our four categories of finances. They're not hard. They're not complex. I don't want to make it confusing to people. Just bring your tithes and offerings. What are you going to do for one time special thing in the course of a year? Take care of your pastors. And if you want to be a partner to send me as an apostle, do. If you don't, don't. Very simple. But I'm just casting the vision. I want to keep it simple. Bible says make it plain. Yeah. I don't want to have 19 categories and everybody's scratching their head and nobody can remember it. It's bring your tithes and offerings right. every week and be faithful. It's what are you going to do once a year for a special project? It's would you like to be a partner to send me as an apostle? If yes, great. If no, fine. God will bring the people. And if you'd like, and not if you don't want to, but take care of your pastors on those four offerings. And when there's a guest minister, don't touch your tithes and offerings. And don't touch your special annual project money. And don't touch your partnership money. When a guest minister comes, or for my offerings, the four offerings that you bless me personally with, don't touch God's money that you've allocated to these things. Do that beyond, if you want, and if you don't, that's fine. There's no pressure. Never pressure for anything. But this is, this is what we have. And I want to remind you, don't get in your head about this. It's easy when we talk about natural things for people to get in their head about it. And then what happens, Jenny, is they start getting nervous. And then what happens is they start being, feeling pressured. And how, what am I going to do? Do you know what I do? I just, first of all, agree. Remember the guy at Samaria, the king's assistant? He didn't get it because he didn't agree. It looked impossible. But I just say, Father, what do you want me to give? And I ask as the, my, as the pastor, I said, what do you want me to give to Philippines? Now, Philippines is not even on this. Philippines is like something that is beyond anything on this list. And so is Pastor Nancy's lights. So sometimes there's extras that the Lord says, give extra just beyond these things. But typically it's these things. But I say, Father, what do you want me to give? And then he'll drop an amount to me. If I don't have the money, what, how do I respond to that? Nervous, angry. That pastor's always asking for my money. I say, Father, if you've asked me as my father to do this, then I agree with you. 
I don't know how it's going to happen because you know I don't have it, but I agree with you. If I do have it, I'll give it. But if I don't, I'll agree with you. And I ask you now, according to 2 Corinthians 9, 10, bring me seed to the sower. Somehow cause somebody to give me something, cause me to give a business idea, have one of my investments work better. I don't care, some relative. I don't know, I don't care, but you bring me that money. If you bring it to me, I promise you I'll sow it. And then I just wait and I keep praising and praising and praising and the money starts coming in. And then when, when I need it, it's there and I sow. And it's not hard. You don't get in your head. You just remember there's a grace. What did he say? There's a grace on you, Craig, to do this work. And there's a grace or an anointing on your church. So just the anointing isn't something you have to struggle under. The anointing is something you flow with. So just flow with the graces and the anointings on you to sow and to give. And I want to say, remind you all of something, which I don't say very often, but I need to tell you. Almost every minister, now we haven't, we've had a dry season of preachers in this church because of COVID. In fact, we've only had one in 2020, which was Randy, and one in 2021, which was Randy. And he was the bookend minister. He started and ended the devil situation with COVID. And now this year, we've got a whole bunch coming. Pastor Michael's the first. We've got Pastor Joe Morris coming. He's going to be talking on the end times and getting you excited about the rapture, which just might happen when he comes because he's got faith for anything. And he ministers to the sick. We got Brother Richard Roberts, who's confirmed that he's coming to do a healing meeting in our church. And that's going to be very exciting because he's a precious man of God. And we've got uh, Pastor Bill Prankert, the great Canadian evangelist. And he's coming to preach at our church for the first time and to tell us about Native Indian works because we're going to be deferring to his council on where we go to do First Nations works. Plus, we've got Pastor Paul Chase, who's our new friend, who has been 42 years living in Manila. He's a Ray grad. He knew Dad Summerall personally. He's planted 51 churches across the nation. A massive work. Just one of his churches is the slum church we're going to of 2,000 people. He has 51 like that. And, and I've invited him and he said, he, I said he's going to come to Toronto and preach to us and, and tell us about what God's doing in that nation because God's put something in our hearts for that nation. So he's coming. And then there's about three or four other people that I'm, I'm seeing if their schedules can, can work. Of course, we're asking Pastor Nancy as always to come. Randy Greer, of course, is coming back. We've invited Brother Jerry. He's seeing if he can make it in his schedule. So the, the, this, we're going to feel like it's a bit more of a regular kind of year where we have an infusion of other offices in the pulpit, it's going to get back to normal. Praise God. And it starts next Sunday with Pastor Lakedic coming. And so, and the Ramoses are coming. God told me I want them to come and I want them to do a prayer conference where they really get and they really train people and teach people and talk about prayer and then actually pray. You know, they have like a prayer school there, but I kind of want them to do that corporately with us here and then actually pray, not just teach on it, but pray and, 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 and help bring us to a higher level in the area We've also asked Patsy Caminetti to come from Australia. Now she's so busy and they haven't given me a guarantee, but the Lord told me you need to have Patsy come back because there's an anointing on her life for prayer that this church needs. And so I've told them you need to come, please ask her to come. I know the lady I call so much. She knows me by name now. Her name's Jennifer. My name's Craig. I said, my wife's name is Jennifer. Jennifer is the best name in the whole world. And so I need you. You're one of the best people in the whole world to put pressure to prayer on Patsy because she has to come. So I don't have a date yet, but, but she'll come eventually. I don't know if it'll be this year, but but we've invited her. Praise God. Amen. And Jesse DePlantis, you know, we've invited him. And there's other people that, uh, you know, I haven't invited Brother Copeland yet, but God told me, he said, he's coming. I don't know when, but he said, he's coming. And I said, Lord, I don't know anything about Brother Copeland. I, he would never come to a tiny church like ours. And the day I said that I was shaving, about to go to the service in, what are we now? February, this was June of last, no, January of last year the last Holy Ghost meetings a year ago, and I was shaving and I heard him say, uh, ask me if you'd like him to come. And I said, Lord, he, 
you're not going to come to our little church. And I heard him say, ask me if you'd like him to come. And I said, Lord, I ask you officially in the name of Jesus. I didn't even stop shaving. I just said, Lord, I ask you officially in the name of Jesus that if, if, that's, your, if that's your plan, I don't just want him to come to come, if that's your plan, if there's something that he needs to do, then come. And he said his, his prophet's voice needs to be in your nation. But he can't do it if I don't ask him. So I said, Lord, I ask you. And then in my mind, I'm thinking, I know that's impossible. But Lord, I ask you and I agree with you if that's what you've said. And I finished up. And of course, because I was praying, I have an impatient wife at times. Uh, she doesn't like to be late for anything. And so I'm kind of doing this and I'm going real slow because I'm praying. And then she's like, Craig, we're going to be late. She said, I'm not waiting for you another day. I'm going down to the lobby and I'll wait for you there. Hurry up. So I said, yes, honey, God bless you. Thank you, sweetheart. All my love to you, sweetie, as you go down on your own. So she headed on down because I'm late, but I'm praying. I'm not just late. I'm praying and I'm late because I'm praying. That's, that's the only time it's okay to be late. And so I'm going down alone and I come out of my room and I'm walking down the hallway and I'm looking because somebody's texted me and I'm reading the text. I see in my peripheral, there's somebody standing there, but that's, un, that's not unusual. We're in the hotel, the Merritt, lots of people stand everywhere. And so, and I'm, and, and about when I'm here, I look up and there's brother Copeland standing against the wall and he's looking at me like this and he's staring at me just square in the eye. I almost dropped my phone. I went, ha, 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 ha. and I said, hello, hello. I put it in my pocket. I said, hello, brother Copeland. He's just staring at me. And I, and I said, hello, brother Copeland. How are you? And he said, I'm good. How are you? I said, I'm, I'm great, sir. And then I don't know what to say. Right. I can't think my mind goes blank. I don't know what to say. And I said, well, I know brother Jerry and I know he loves you and I love him and I love you. And he's just like, well, that's nice. And I'm like, that's the stupidest thing you could have probably said. I, I, I couldn't think of anything to say. So we, we, he walks me into the elevator and his security guy is standing there and I'm trying to make small talk and he's not really into small talk, which I found out later. And then I thought, just shut up. So then it was very awkward. I'm standing beside him. We don't, nobody says a word. We get out. His security takes him. I'm thinking, you're the dumbest person in the world. Why did you bring up Jerry Savelle? Couldn't you have said you're from Canada? Couldn't you have invited him, Craig? And I'm kicking myself and Jenny's in the car already and I want to kick her and I'm kicking me and I'm kicking myself and I'm in the worship service and I'm beating myself. I thought that was the stupidest thing you could have ever said. You had an opportunity, a grand opportunity to invite him and you talked about Jerry. What are you doing? And I heard the Lord speak to me as loud as I'm talking to you right now while we were in the worship service. And he said, stop beating yourself up. And I said, but Lord, I missed it. I missed it. And he said, I did that on purpose. I said, you did that? He said, I did that on purpose so that you would know that any time I want you to meet Copeland, I can arrange it. I mean, he said it to me, Pastor Happy, as loud as I'm talking to you. I did it on purpose, not for you to invite him. That wasn't the time to invite him. So you didn't mess up. It was stupid what you said, but, it, but, you, but, but, but you didn't mess up. He said, I did it to show you I can arrange things. I can have you meet him anytime I want. I said, okay, Lord, then I'm not going to worry about it. But there's great things coming. There's great things coming. We're getting back to a normal flow in our church this year. And thank God for Brother Doug Ford. I'll call him brother by faith. But thank God that he's, that he's helping us. So, Jenny, would you come with me? Just as a final act, because I'm not doing this thing anymore for a very long time, but as a final act, brother Wayne, oh, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, okay, okay, I just did this as, a, as an act of faith, we've got 40,000 here, we've got the hangar, we've got Oasis,
and we've got our parking lot and we've got our partnership. And this and these are our these are our things that we're believing God for, honey. And so what I'm doing is I'm just going to I'm just hold that for me, sweetheart. I'm just going to pour this out and I'm going to pray, Jenny, because the last time I'm talking about it this Amen. year. Remember, he said so kindly to me, you talk too much. That really made me feel wonderful, Jesus. And so I pour out the vision in Jesus' name for our partners. And I call those 57 in in Jesus' name. I pour out the vision for that parking lot, Father. And it's going to look clean and beautiful. And we're going to have more than enough. I pour out the vision, Father, for Oasis. And that mortgage will be covered and more left over for renovations. I pour out that vision, Father, in Jesus' name for the hangar. And I say it's in our name and it's paid off. That debt is covered. And I pour, oh, look at this perfect amount of water. That must be God. I pour it out for the 40,000 in Jesus' name. Brother. Now, Lord, I pour out this vision with my wife as the pastors of this church because that's what I saw on the fast. I saw you pouring water into me like a goblet. I saw me pouring it out. Then I saw your hand move me aside. And you said you would talk to the people. So as a point of contact, as an act of faith, as a natural symbol with these little signs, Father, we release our faith, Jenny and I, our team, our staff, and our congregation watching and present. We thank you that all that 438 will come. We thank you that all the partners we need will come. And we thank you that that 40,000 will come. And all the money we need for this ministry will come. Now I've done my job, Father. And to be honest with you, Daddy, I'm sick of talking about it. You said I talk too much anyway, so this is the last time I'm talking about it. I've poured it out. Now I'm trusting you. I'm not going to preach about it again in the year unless you tell me to. I'm not going to discuss it again in the year unless you tell me to. I've done my part, Father. I need you to wake them up in the night season. I need you to hound them with dreams if you have to. I need angels to show up in rooms if, if that's what it's needed. I need you to do whatever you need to do. I, leap, put the, I put the necklace in your hands and I say, untangle it for me. I will not be concerned. All what we need will come and I trust you. Now I claim it in Jesus' name with my authority and I say in Jesus' name, I take it, it's mine now. It's mine. I take it now. I'd say, devil, take your hands off every dollar that is represented on this table in Jesus' name. Angels, go and cause the money. The, the, the elemosinary, you are distributors of aid and financial help to the children of God. Go and distribute what you need, angels, and cause this to come. And I praise you and I give you praise. Lord, every time I think about it, I'll call it met. I've done my corresponding action, which is pouring it out. And Lord, I cast that care over unto you in Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. It'll all come to pass. It'll all come to pass. And we will look at each other on the 31st of December and we'll say, look how faithful God was. And Lord, every person in this church, whether the, whether the single lady, whether the single husband, Lord, the, the, the parents that, that don't have a spouse with them and they're raising kids on their own, whether they're older, whether they're grannies, whether they're teenagers, Father, every single person has a supply to bring. Some may just have a piggy bank and it might be five bucks and others own businesses and they can put 50,000. Lord, I don't know. The graces are on different for every person. The measures that you've given them financially is different for every person. So Father, yes, 2,200 over an average, but Lord, speak to the hearts what you would have them do. And I give you praise in advance that all of this will come to pass in Jesus' name. And we now praise you for it. We praise you for it. Hallelujah. I praise you for it. 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 In Jesus' name, I praise you for it. Hallelujah. Honey, you're in agreement with me.
100%. It'll all come to pass. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. That is our final uh, vision casting that we needed to do. It's 12.03. I think I'm going to wait. I had a prophecy I wanted to read to you that my wife gave privately in a prayer meeting last year, but I think it'll take about 15 minutes, and I think it'd be nice to just to end a little bit earlier today. So we're, we're going to, I've done what I needed to do. I've cast the vision for you. Amen. And uh, maybe well, the next time I preach to you, it will just work nicely to talk about that prophecy because it goes in with my message for not next Sunday, but the Sunday after. So we'll do that then. But thank you so much for coming to church today. I know it wasn't a typical Sunday, but thank you for just barreling through with me. And, uh, and now that we've done that, we'll leave it to you. And, oh, I think there was one more screen. Wasn't there one more screen? The dates. That's what it was. Well, I knew I was missing something. Thank you for reminding me, Lord. The dates, just so that you remember, we, if, for those of you that are planning on giving, 209, we need by June 30th to not default in that mortgage. 229, that makes the 438. We need by November 6th. That's the date we've picked as our. Now, technically, you've got till December 31st, but would like it in, if possible, by the 6th of November so that we can finish everything up properly. But you do have to the end of the year if you so need it. So just mark those dates on your calendar. Pray what God would have you do, and it will all come to pass. Amen.